This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. What's up? Happy Tuesday. This is Let's Go There. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. And you know you are in deep in a relationship when you start arguing about an ice tray. That's right. I had a fight about an ice tray last night. (laughs) And it's still triggering me. Yeah, it is. We were even discussing it here. Well, you know what? And I think Shira's expecting everyone to be on her side. Actually, Vanessa was on my side. Thank you, Vanessa. She got it. Yeah, Vanessa's kissing her ass. No! And and so I'm giving another perspective. I got that perspective. And Shira's triggered all over again. I was like, I don't need to talk. I don't want to hear anyone else. You're not giving me compassion and empathy (laughs) 24-7. That You're wrong. Yeah, hey, I'm right, you're wrong, that's it. (laughs) Which I guess that's what they say in hetero relationships, you know, happy life, happy wife. But I guess that's why I'm gay, because that sounds exhausting. Heterosexual relationships sound exhausting. Oh, come on. And that proves it. Ice Cube Wars. (laughs) You never know what you're going to get out of nowhere. And you're like, what? It's just, you know... I don't know. But you want to explain more? That we're mo- we're moving onwards and upwards. All I'm saying is there's a great life hack out there. It involves <laughs> making uh, coffee into ice. And then when you want an iced coffee, you put the ice into your coffee. And um, hello, iced coffee, the next generation. <laughs> Meanwhile, my boyfriend didn't want me to put coffee in the ice tray. And this became the thing. I wonder if it does it. Can, you should get one of those fun ice trays. Though, I know. You can make them like ice trays. I'm gonna. You know what shapes. I'm gonna do? Actually, I'm gonna order like a bunch of those to his place, thinking he like me. So he thinks he ordered it. Oh my god! That's I'm gonna good. actually. I'm gonna make them into like that penises. Oh, now the shapes. Boobs, maybe. It does it sound fun or does it sound passive aggressive? Let us know at LGT Show. <laughs> now, uh, uh, coming up, oh, we have god. a lot happening. <laughs> That's hilarious. Today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Ascend, a nonprofit helping women and girls in Afghanistan, is joining us at 325 p.m. Pacific, 625 p.m. Eastern. Plus, a Hollywood star reveals where his fortune will be going once he is not with us anymore. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. In a surprise announcement on social media, Pete Buttigieg and Chastin Buttigieg announced that they are going to be dads. 
Yay! Yeah. All right, they posted this. Um, they're actually in their early 30s. They're they're young dads. Yeah, they said they're always young. For some time, Chastin and I have wanted to grow our family. We are overjoyed to share that we've become parents. The process isn't done yet, and we're thankful for the love, support, and respect for our privacy that has been offered to us. We can't wait to share more soon. So congratulations to the dads. That's really exciting. Yep. Shout out to them. We wanted to start on some good news, celebratory news, because there's a lot of mess stuff happening in the world right now. Uh, Nobel Peace Laureate and Pakistani activist Malala, who as a teen was shot in the head by a Taliban gunman for advocating for women's education, shared her thoughts on the current situation in Afghanistan. I am deeply concerned about the situation in Afghanistan right now, especially about the safety of women and girls there. A lot of them remember what was happening in the 1996 uh, till 2001 time and they're deeply worried about their safety, their right, their protection, they're worried about their uh, access to school and we have already seen news reports that many girls have been sent back from university, a lot of them have been asked to get married, you know, at age 15, 12. Taliban spokesman Zabahula Mujahid says there's not going to be any discrimination against women, but of course, within the frameworks that we have, and it's still uncertain what those frameworks are. And many are skeptical about this, obviously. And we're going to be talking more about this actually with Politico in 15 minutes. Meanwhile, the Biden administration is shipping the first of the 500 million COVID-19 doses that President Biden pledged to share with countries around the world at the Group of Seven Summit earlier this year. The U.S. is sending almost half a million of Pfizer to Rwanda through the global vaccination program called COVID-19 Vaccines Global Access or COVAX. And that was so much trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so it must be a sad day for Daniel Craig's kids because... He isn't leaving them anything. It's time for the Tea Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. I'm hoping they had a conversation about this before he told all the press. Um, But in a new interview, he revealed that he has no plans to leave an inheritance to his children because he finds the practice distasteful. Um, He goes on to say, I don't want to leave great sums to the next generation. I think inheritance is quite distasteful. My philosophy is get rid of it or give it away before you go. He also added, isn't there an old adage that if you die a rich person, you failed? Um, He's reportedly worth $160 million. He has a daughter who's 29. He also has a stepson, I believe, through an... um, through like his wife who had had him with another you know guy but yeah apparently he's not leaving anything and i don't know i don't know what it is but you know the more and more i get older i'm always down for some nepotism <laughs> take it i'm if he don't want to give the damn money to his kids give it to me <laughs> there's someone out there that i am over it. here asking with my you know, hands raised i i i totally i get this but you know give your kids a bit. Something. You've worked hard for it. Yes. And if they're D-bags, of course, don't give them it. I agree. But if they're doing great things, starting businesses, giving back to the world, good people. It's, How do you get rid of $160 million? I mean, you could probably do it very easily. No, I'm just somehow. trying to, I'm just, I just don't understand his philosophy in that way. Um, but let us know what you think at LGT Show Everywhere, of course. We love to get y'all a part of the conversation. And I got more T-Report coming up next hour. Well, next, the impact of the fall of Afghanistan on Joe Biden and how the world will now see the U.S. that is next with Politico. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
The fall of Afghanistan has some tragic and painful implications for the Biden administration, and the whole world is watching. Back with us is Ryan Heath, senior editor at Politico. Thanks for joining us for this very unfortunate situation that's happening. It is a mess, isn't it? But I'm glad to be chatting to you guys. I'm going to be chatting to anyone. Oh, thank you. Well, I know that things have evolved even more since yesterday. Where do things stand right now? Um, Are they bringing back enough people? There's still so many people who are stuck there. What's happening? Yeah, it's a really tricky situation. So I would say that the U.S. government is the most organized of all the governments that were involved in the military campaign in Afghanistan, and there's about 36 of them. So it is a big global operation. Um, And they look like that they intend to bring about 22,000 Afghans that were working for the U.S. government uh, back to military bases in the U.S. for full processing of, of, of visas. A lot of them will have to end up in third countries like Kuwait in the meantime just to get them safe and out of Afghanistan. But that looks like it's going to be a successful operation. Other countries uh, are not doing so well. And, and, and I think the point here is that all countries are very disorganized. They really didn't think that the, the democratic government of Afghanistan would fall so quickly. So they were complacent. They didn't get themselves organized. And then there are all the Afghans who are going to become refugees because they really are or are afraid of being targeted by the Taliban um, now that it's taken power. And that could mean up to a million or so Afghanis uh, fleeing the country and most likely ending up in Europe. So this is going to be a big problem for many months to come. Okay, so Ryan, we really want to obviously look at this from the global perspective of what the implications mm-hmm. look like. But for me, my first question that I can't help but continue to think about is, once the Taliban is kind of settled in, it feels weird to say that, are we going to see Joe Biden and the administration and other countries kind of accept everything that's going on and just accept this as the new government? What does that really look like? Yeah, so you've hit on the big second theme that we're going to be confronting over the next weeks and months. So if we dial it back to the last time the Taliban was in power, there were only three governments out of 200 in the entire world that recognized it. We're already moving in the situation where lots of governments are now saying, well, we're going to put these conditions on it, but we're going to have to deal with them no matter what. And you can just feel the ground being prepared for a lot of tolerance, if not acceptance, of this new government. And the new guys in charge, the, the current generation of the Taliban, are acting like they're going to be more moderate than the previous generation. Now, the thing is, they don't have much of a track record of doing the right thing by women, by ethnic minorities. Uh, They have a massive track record of harboring terrorism, of being involved in corruption and the drug trade. So we should not be taking them for their word, but their words are more positive than 20 years ago. And you can see a lot of governments wavering and saying, well, if they do this, then we're going to deal with them. Uh, So, you know, we need to get ready for the U.S. government and others to basically come to terms with the Taliban. Yeah, it feels like we're watching a movie when we're seeing the spokesman doing this news conference. Like, is this real life? And we're we just it feels like we need to accept this as a reality. Yeah, and that is the position of a lot of governments, where if you're going to say, we can't fix Afghanistan, we can't save Afghanistan, and that's why we're getting out, 
then you need to deal with what is there in the aftermath. Otherwise, you do risk not having any sight at all of what the terror threat might be. Uh, you do risk having no influence uh, and, and being able to provide any help at all to the people in Afghanistan. Uh, so I think that there are not really many good options here. Um, and I don't think that there are any governments that are acting in bad faith. But we have certainly seen uh, the US government dig its heels in in the last 24 hours and just say this was such a mess. We had no choice. We have to get out. We have to get real about this, all of this. Um, and so I think in that vein, we're going to see a lot of pragmatism as well going forward about how the Taliban is dealt with. Maybe there won't ever be a full recognition of them as a legitimate government, um, but there's certainly going to be contact with them. I mean, there already has been um, in trying to negotiate safe passage for uh, Americans and, and people of other nationalities to get to the airport to get them out of the country. Yeah, and the pictures are you know, are unbelievable to look at those pictures of some of those people inside and one of the airplanes, the U.S. um, airplanes and more. What's going to happen with Biden at this point and the global perception of him, but also the perception and support of him here? Yeah, so it's not good and going downwards for the time being, but I don't expect this to be some kind of permanent break um, between allies and the U.S., for example. So um, we started to see some opinion polling in the U.S. We had uh, Politico had an opinion poll out this morning, uh, which showed that support for Biden's approach to Afghanistan has dropped from 69 percent to 49 percent. And obviously, as a result of all of these images and the terrible news we've been hearing in the last few days. Now, those numbers are from before his big speech yesterday. And he laid out the case. He was, he was in really tough terms, but he made a decent case for his position. So you might start to see that turning around. Uh, in terms of foreign governments that work with the U.S., they felt very burned throughout this whole process of withdrawal. They didn't like the idea of it happening on the timeline that Trump uh, initially and then Biden after him set out for, for how it was going to happen. They went along with it. So they do have to own the process to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, but they, they just really feel like this is not what the Western alliance is supposed to be about. And then we have to get real, too. Uh, European governments have not invested enough in their military to be able to set a different course and to really have a proper equal negotiation with the U.S. over something like this. Um, and so it, it kind of doesn't go without saying, but it, it is predictable that the U.S. gets to set the terms of this process. And, you know, we are where we are. That's true. I just don't get how they couldn't see this coming and go, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. Let's just well, make well, sure, like, let's plan to get these the women and girls out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, big questions for the militaries yeah. of all of these governments. You you worked with the, the kind of emerging Afghan armed forces for 20 years. True. How could you not see that it was like this? Who was not telling the truth? Who was spinning it to their bosses in Washington? Or were their bosses putting lipstick on a pig trying to say that things were better than they really were in Afghanistan. And there are some really basic things missing. We don't have a list of all the Americans still in the country wanting to get out. We don't have a list of all the Afghanis that were working for the U.S. government. I mean, these are basic things that should exist after 20 years of being involved in all of this. Well, uh, thank you again, Ryan Heath, senior editor at Politico. We appreciate it. Thank you. Next up, we'll tell you more about the country going under a lockdown after one single COVID-19 case found. Is that really worth it? We debate that next. Thanks, guys. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, New Zealand, they had one single COVID-19 case. The COVID variant hit New Zealand. And guess what they did? Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, who's, by the way, a baller. This woman is incredible. Well, she put New Zealand under strict lockdown. Just like that. One case, and it's a lockdown. The question is, is that kind of pushing it? Should she have waited a bit? Is that too quick to to react like that? No. In my opinion, I don't think it is, because I think... As a world, well, a leader, you're watching what's happening around the country or your country and you're watching what's happening around the world and you're seeing probably the United States be stupid and it's handling and you don't want your country to, to for that to happen to your country. And so I think I think it's very smart, even though there is just one case to shutting it down for like the next three days and let's nip this in the bud. Um, and I think I love the sense of urgency and the sense of I'm in here. I not only care about our economy, I not only care about our country, I also care about you. And I think that a lot of different countries in, in, um, could really learn from that type of um, thinking when it comes to leadership. So, no, I don't think it's um, that big of a deal at all. I think this is great. I wish we would do it. Well, so let's be clear as to why we can't do it, right? We can't function like New Zealand. It'd be great if we could because we don't have the same social services they have. The reason why New Zealand can just shut down this easily mm-hmm. is because they have a, a country that actually supports their basics, right? It's not like it's going to be as detrimental as it is to the U.S., even though it does hit their economy. It's not like people will be as much on the streets. Poverty, uh lack of food and a domino effect of not being even able to pay their rent or to live. Right. And so something like this, a, a three day or a week situation, it works for them because their setup 
isn't as fragile as our setup. <laughs> so are you, do you like it? Do you think that's a smart decision? I think when I think first heard it, that? and you knew this, when I first heard it, I was like, no, that's ridiculous. One, you should see where the data is going. It, even though a country like this can possibly handle a lockdown, it's not devastating. It still was a struggle for a lot of these folks to get the essentials, businesses shutting down abruptly, schools, offices, making last minute changes. I mean, that was a lot. It would be That's nice. That's not a lot when it, it comes it to would, not, when people not dying. It would be, it would be nice to see at least to see the data and see, okay, is this going to be a recurring thing? Is this a trend? And if it's a trend upwards, yes. One case, one person, even though she did say there might be other cases, but they were unsure, so I they just, wanted to go immediately under a lockdown. I don't think lockdown. it's all about, I think data is obviously an important aspect of this. But data all, is the aspect of it. But Actually, I'll, if we listened to the data right. here, we'd be in a better place. Would you like me to go now? Thank you. So data is an important aspect of this, but I also think data can be wrong. And when you start to see, even if you're not sure if there are multiple cases, that one case should be enough. And our, we've had tons of millions, well, not millions. Has it hit millions yet? I'm not even sure at this point, but thousands, hundreds of thousands of folks who have died at this well, point in our own country, cut, well, right? Country. And so mm-hmm. I think it is, it's wild that just one decision that is made by a leader who has been honestly spearheading the right way of doing it in her own country. And a lot of countries should be looking at her as an example, unfortunately are not. I think we need to be making some of those brass decisions, regardless of if data is telling us otherwise, because guess what? The cases aren't going anywhere. If the cases aren't going anywhere, that means our livelihoods, our daily livelihoods are not um, going back into whatever type of normal that we can navigate in. Yes, our systems are not able to um, hold a long period of time where, yes, well, we'll no have to come in are really. with you know stimulus checks and things like that, but that is a possibility because it's happened before. So my thing is I'd rather us shut something down instead of feeling like, oh, we're just going to wait and see until it gets really bad and then we're shutting down because we have no other choice. No, shut down before we have to so we can get but everything then, and nipped in the bud so, and call it a day so we can move forward. Unfortunately, there's not going to be a new normal. There's going to be variances like COVID there is, a is new here. Normal. There it's, is, it's how our lives yeah. are adapting but, into whatever we're living. But in. meaning that COVID, the variant in COVID is going to be around. It's just one. How much support and tools do we have to not get it? And I don't think going up and uh, going from a lockdown to lockdown an opening is, up, lockdown opening up is going to be sustainable. I honestly believe I I think we need it. I don't think Joe Biden's going to do it because of. Honestly, oh, no, we're what? already so deep. We are so deep in yeah, this mess. I, and I don't know. I just I just feel like we, we have to make some decisions and um, sometimes we shouldn't be just relying on, oh, if data's saying there's only one case, then that's it. You know, I think if we're seeing multiple things and we're in this time where there's multiple variants, well, we're we in a do, bit of a different place different than New Zealand. But yes, I'm just saying if we're comparing the two. We, Listen, I like, I like I, her energy versus our energy. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Even though I thought it was a bit abrupt. Well, let us know what you think at LG2 Show is where you can find us on social media. But next up, what this gay man did to protect a woman on a very sketchy first date. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So imagine being on a date and then once it's over, someone passes a note to you saying, Run. Too many red flags. Would you take it seriously? Or would you not? Continue dating this person until the whole thing falls apart. And then you look back at this note and you're like, 
Ah, should have listened to the stranger. Well, this is what happened to one woman who posted this tweet about her coffee date. It went viral. She posted a photo of this warning note a gay man passed her after her date stepped away. It said, kind of as I said, too many red flags. Run. Be safe, girl. And then she wrote, I had coffee with a guy yesterday when we went to the bathroom. The gay guy sitting behind me passed me this note. And it was scribbled on the back of a CBS receipt. It was that urgent. And Twitter quickly reacted to the woman's post, asking what the red flags were that she thought the man could overhear. So there's a few things, and we'll get into these red flags. One, what would you think if you got this? A note? Yeah, like a note like that. I mean, I feel like I would continue the date, and then probably... You would? Well, if it was just going to the bathroom, I would just say, I would meaning end it like, I wouldn't end it abruptly, but I would just go, okay, well, thanks, it was great to meet you. I wouldn't... I wouldn't be too um, obvious. Well, I think right? there's a reason for that because you're a woman. And exactly. I think you have to kind of have some, that's a safety protocol. So I think that's just like normal. But for me, I'm ending it. I mean, you probably, if there was red flags, then you probably, you didn't even need to give me that note because I've already peeped the red flags. I'm about to end it anyway. But thank you for being nosy. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like paparazzi these days. People just be listening to the tables next to them. Well, yeah, who hasn't done that? I think um, I think what they were talking about um, is the reason why he was like, yeah, you need to run away from this. Basically, uh, in, in some responses, she said that the, the, the guy that she was on date with was disagreeing over how everyone was reacting over the baby's recent homophobic remarks. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the gay man sitting near them is going to be like, oh, my God, you're on the date with someone who was homophobic? Run, sis, run. Yeah. Um, but then also, not even probably, if he's homophobic, he's probably massaging it. Like, he's probably all these different things um, where, you know, that game in, came in like a fairy godmother. That's what I'm talking about. But my thing is, that would have already been a red flag for me. Like, I wouldn't even needed the note. But maybe that wasn't a red flag for her, and that says more about her than anything. Well, I think that they were, like, I went on a date with someone. Oh, I guess we got to end this. <laughs> I was about to tell you about my date. I went on a date with someone who argued me about trans in the military. Let me tell you, I, I said to him, and I was like, "We can't, you know, we can't ever see each other again. We can't date. This is over. Why? Because, yeah, I work for an LGBTQ station. You obviously don't support the community. This is over. Did you say that for real? Yeah, and he tried to kiss me. I go, I'm not attracted. He thought, oh, I love your passion. No, don't get. He tried to kiss you. He tried to kiss me. And I read the room, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe I mean, well, you have a good boyfriend now, so I was like, maybe it's your taste in men. No, there's men, as we know, there's men out there. Yeah, that gross. Sucks. That's gross. Well, uh, next up, why you might be seeing posts promoting the Taliban on social media. That is next on what's trending this hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to be talking to the organization Ascend, which is a nonprofit helping women and girls in Afghanistan. They're going to share what is happening right now on the ground and what we can do to help. Uh, Plus, in the tea report, why Lady Gaga's dog walker is back in the news. Stick around for that with Ryan in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan responded to reporters today on the U.S. uh, Afghanistan pullout. Here's what he had to say. This wasn't a choice just between saving those women and and girls and not saving those women and girls. The alternative choice had its own set of human costs and consequences, as I said. 
And those human costs and consequences would have involved a substantial ramp up of American participation in a civil war with more loss of life, more bloodshed, families here in the United States who would be asking a different form of the question you just asked. These are the choices a president has to make. Yes, it's definitely complicated to say the least. Uh, Meanwhile, Facebook and TikTok said they continue to view the Taliban as a terrorist organization and that content related to the group will remain banned on their platforms. Facebook also has said it has a team of content moderators that is monitoring and removing posts, images, videos and other content related to the Taliban. The issue is on the other side of that, according to Rasmus Nielsen, a professor of political communication at the University of Oxford, is that Every time someone is banned, there is a risk they were only using the platform for legitimate purposes. So what about those who are trying to get the word out or the news out about important things happening there? They also might be banned or censored their content on these social platforms. They said, given the disagreement over terms like terrorism and who gets to designate individuals and groups as such, civil society groups and activists will want clarity about the nature and extent of collaboration with governments in making these decisions. And many users will seek reassurances that any technologies used for enforcement uh, preserves their privacy. So there's a lot of issues around that as well. Uh, But that was somewhat trending this hour. Stick around in the next hour because a governor who who has been very against the masks, enforcing vaccine mandates, has just gotten COVID. We're going to tell you who in the next hour. But what's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Um, Lady Gaga's dog walker. You know, the one that got shot. Well, um, he's begging for help during his cross-country road trip of recovery. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, Yeah, so this is a wild story. So he's created a GoFundMe to purchase a new van. He's just two months into his six-month journey exploring what he says this country while seeking out communities that support the process of growing from trauma. So basically, he was, you know, traveling. Uh, the van died, unfortunately. And now he's saying he's uh, other homeless, uh, otherwise homeless and broke. Um, he says this, actually, he wrote about his journey. He said, at times I was scared. I was lonely. I felt abandoned and unsupported. Um, I had long bouts of depression and doubt and self-pity. But those back roads that took me to desert campsites and Walmart parking lots and rest stops and friends and family to New York... Um, he says it's, it helped him to see why he chosen to leave the security of the Hollywood Hills where he fought for his life and mobility, which is intense, right? The fundraiser has a goal of $40,000 um, and only has collected almost 5000 in the first 24 hours, which isn't bad. Um, but yeah, this the him saying that he felt abandoned and unsupported after everything happened really shines a light on what really went on. Did Lady Gaga handle this correctly after, you know, he got shot because he was taking care of her dogs? Yeah, and then obviously he didn't have his job maybe after he didn't even want his job. So what do you do after that? That's the thing is what yeah. do you do after you are you have done a job for a long time, but that job becomes something you're traumatized by? I will say like he, you, you can't uh, support yourself. He dropped a trailer to kind of like it was like a, a it's intense actually. It's on his Instagram and it starts it abruptly starts with like a gunshot and ends with a gunshot. That's, it's it's yeah. just it's really intense and we just don't know if he's like is it gratuitous? Also? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, what is he doing this for? Um, but yeah, that's your T report. We're going to try to get him on. We're going to try to ask him all these questions. We're going to find him and see if he'll call in from the road. 
Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Love that idea. That's your tea report. Well, next up, we learn more about the organization helping women and girls in Afghanistan. That's next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As the Taliban returns and takes over Afghanistan, the future for women and girls is potentially devastating. Ascend Athletics is a nonprofit um, and who works with communities on the ground in Afghanistan. Marina Legree, executive director of Ascend Leadership Through Athletics, joins us right now. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so tell us more about the organization and the work you've been doing. Sure. Uh, we are a nonprofit organization. We've been working in Afghanistan since 2015 to empower girls through sports. And we specifically do mountaineering and rock climbing. So we've had some uh, notable achievements. One of our girls climbed the highest mountain in Afghanistan, first Afghan woman to do so a few years ago. And But more than that, they are activists in their communities. They are role models and they're an inspiration for Afghans. And that's what we're working towards. Yeah, and the, I think out of everything that we've we've kind of seen unfold over these past few days, uh, I think the one conversation point is how this moment right now is so catastrophic for women and girls. And I would love for you to kind of break down that. How how intense is it for women right now, this moment that we're in? And, and what does that really mean when we're hearing that? It's extreme. It's just an incredibly hard time. Women are seeing their future being wiped away. And they're also fearing for their physical safety. But more than that, they're, they're just crushed. They're seeing everything that they've heard about. Our girls weren't even born um, when the Taliban were rem- removed or pushed out in 2001. 
Um, so it's something they've, it's like a horrible history that they've heard about. And now it's coming to life in the street outside their house. It's terrifying. And they're hearing stories from the provinces like girls are being married off to Talib fighters. These things are true. And they're seeing the, the windows closing right in front of them right now. How quickly did it change? And, and as uh, someone who runs an organization like this, did you see this coming as quickly as it did? I did not. I've been working in Afghanistan since 2005, and I'm, I'm not, um, uh, yeah, it, it, we didn't see this coming. We believed that the government, the Afghan government, was planning to defend Kabul. And as we saw different provincial capitals falling, we believe the strategy was to collapse the perimeter and defend the center. And that's not what happened. If we had known, we would have removed people sooner. We would have taken different steps. But that wasn't possible. We're not alone in that. I think everyone was taken off guard. And um, we're just in reaction mode right now. And the real problem with that is that it creates chaos. And people don't make good decisions in an atmosphere of chaos. And, And right now... There's chaos and fear that are just in in the hearts of people in Kabul. Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen that in all of the unfortunate, like, photos and videos that were all over social media. But I wonder how does an organization like yourself and the one that you work for, obviously, how how do you all react to this in real time, especially with, I mean, the pandemic is not gone, right? And I, I just can't help but think about that as well. So... What are you what are you all doing right now that's kind of helping the situation in the best way that you know how? Yeah, we're trying to keep people calm. Um, Like I said, there's panic and there's also false hope that people will be airlifted out if they can just get to the airport. And And it's being fueled by occasions where it's working, but the airport isn't safe. Um, so we're trying to keep people at home. Keep calm, keep your heads down. But it's, it's pretty hard to tell people that when the Taliban are actually outside, they're in the streets, they've taken full control of Kabul, and the reports are that they're being quite polite. Um, nobody believes that that will last, but that's what's happening right now. And uh, so the actions that we can take are, are pretty limited. We, we tell people to go home and stay safe and keep your documents with you, but um, we are working feverishly to get people on planes and get out of Afghanistan. But the real problem is that they can't get to the airport to get on the planes. There's, there was no plan. The international community, our government, did not have a plan for securing the airport so that people could get there and get out. And we also had an atrocious visa program in place that's poorly managed, poorly conceived, and requires people to do a whole bunch of paperwork that is impossible to do during an emergency in order to even have a spot on a plane. There is no program for refugees who are scared for their lives to simply turn up at the airport and get out. They, they have to be part of a pre-existing program. So it's, um, it's been real challenging. And now how can we all help? We're watching from the outside. Everyone, the world mm-hmm. is watching. And so how can we do something? Is there anything to do? Yes. Lobby your elected representatives. The United States has massive capacity to act. And we have a huge military that's quite good at handling chaotic situations and bringing order. We need to do that right now and make sure that the airport is a safe place for the people that are truly at risk, which is a huge category of people. 
and they may or may not have a visa. They may or may not have ever applied before, and that needs to be all thrown out the window. Let people on planes, get them out, and sort the visas later. And we've done this in other humanitarian emergencies, and we need to do it now, tonight, right now. And you're also raising money through uh, your website or through your work, just to be clear, just in case anyone wants to donate. Yes, thank you. Yes, please. Donate, 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 and share our story. Whatever money we get, we're, like I say, we're a nonprofit since 2015, actually 2014. We will help people with the money. Whatever we raise, it helps us have options and get people to land on their feet, wherever that may be. And also to resume our programming when the dust settles. And regardless of who's in charge in Afghanistan, we our mission is to empower girls. And we plan on doing that and finding a way um, to reach girls. And I think the message that I would really like to get out to people, too, is right now is a crisis. And we have to act decisively and, and help. But <clears throat> this crisis will pass. And it isn't black and white. It isn't. We've either won Afghanistan and it looks the way we hoped it would look, or we've lost it and we walk away. We need to stay involved. We need to stay engaged. It's a big country full of people who are connected to the broader world and who need to live there, even if it's under the Taliban, and we need to stay with them. So donate to an organization like Ascend. There are lots of worthy organizations out there doing good work and planning to stay and and help the Afghan people through what is an incredibly difficult time. Well, thank you for joining us today and for all the work you are doing. That was Marina Legree, an executive director at Ascend Leadership Through Athletics. Find out more and to donate at ascendathletics.org. We'll be back with more of Let's Go There right after this. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. More drama in the air. Let's see what you would have done if you were in this situation on a flight and who was in the wrong. So, of course, Reddit is where all these stories get posted. A passenger explained that she had already agreed to change seats with the family so their son could look out of the window while flying from Budapest to London. But 20 minutes into the flight, the mom demanded that uh, this passenger turn off the PG-15 film she was watching after their kid tried to watch it over her shoulder. So one, they move seats. That's annoying, but this person was nice enough. Then the mom says, don't watch what you're watching because it's too mature for my son. Then afterwards, she asks the passenger, the woman, if she would play with her son who's sitting next to her. I would have cussed this woman out and told her to leave me the <laughs> hell alone. Seriously, because I really don't. Like, I pick the window seats purposefully on when I'm on airplanes because I can just, like, turn my own way and either watch something on the screen or just go to sleep. I don't know why this woman feels like she can control everyone in the aisle. That's not how this works, sweetie. You didn't buy my ticket. There needs to be an invention. And Ryan... In saying this to you, I'm willing to include you in this offer. Do you want me to work with you even more? <laughs> Shira's bringing just, that to the table right maybe now. Maybe not. Like, I am I'm just not, saying you're here. I so have if you, you think so much, I want you even no. more. So I think there should be an invention where you can put up a slider in between your seat and someone else's seat. There is. It's called first class. No, that's not first class. <laughs> that you're not paying. You pay maybe $10. This is actually brilliant. We need to invent this. Okay. 
I'm, I'm now willing you're to come interested. on. Now maybe yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing I, to, I actually want 100%. You've already, no. you've already pitched Damn. it to me live on air saying you wanted me involved. So that's going to hold up in court. <laughs> so, yeah, this I think this is a brilliant idea. Yeah. Because then the minute you're next to someone who you know this is bad news bears, uh-huh, uh-huh. not going to work out. Not maybe there's not a sound because it would probably be like no yeah you just I mean maybe it's just like a little curtain or maybe no it couldn't be it would have to be something that goes up it couldn't it would be up to a certain point it wouldn't cover the whole thing because you need air circulation but enough so the person next to you can't bother you well there needs to be that's actually even a COVID protection as well if you think about it but I think this woman is rude I think she doesn't have any manners and no home training Um, and also she's a bad mother for not knowing how to take care of her own kids. That's mean, a lot of these folks said <laughs> great overall judgment. Yes, uh, this uh, is the thing. A lot of people said, you know, it's interesting back in the day, if you're if a child was looking at something inappropriate, you would say to the child, Okay, let's talk about this. One, maybe you shouldn't be looking over and someone's what shoulder was he at someone's What movie was I he watching? Was, I don't know. But then the child would be the one getting in trouble, not the person. I feel like this day and age, we just want to blame everyone else. For our kid doing mishaps. Let me tell you, if you ever see me on a plane watching what I want to watch, don't tell me to do nothing because you will get cussed out. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up, we've got more music here on Channel Q, uh, plus the story about re-emerging from the pandemic as a boy. A trans writer joins us in 15 minutes to share his story. Plus, we've got pregnancy announcement from a Marvel star... That's in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. A school board in Oregon voted to ban any signs, clothing, or items that are understood as political. Examples of banned items include pride flags and signage reading Black Lives Matter. Board member Ines Pena said the quality of some of the stories that we heard should count more than just the number of emails that we received. And I feel like that's not being heard. The students are not being heard. Now, comments were temporarily disabled on the Instagram account of former President Barack Obama yesterday after users flooded his profile with requests that he help the people of Afghanistan. In the wake of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan as as Taliban has taken over the country, they're attempting to leave those comments and they were barred. Uh, The comment blackout lasted roughly two hours, according to the Daily Mail, and uh, a lot of people said stuff like this. The blood of the Afghan people is on the hands of those who have remained silent in the face of oppression and have made friends with the Taliban, one user wrote. History will not forget your crime. Obama, who has not commented on the situation thus far, was also widely accused of ignoring the country's plight. And that was some What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so let's talk. um, You know all those rumors about Scarlett Johansson. Is that it? Johansson. Whatever. Um, You know, Scarlett, there was rumors earlier this summer that she was pregnant. We haven't seen her. She didn't do any interviews for Black Widow. Um, If she did do interviews, they were like literally chin up. And so guess what? The rumors are true. It's time for the tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Her man, her husband, Colin Jost um, from SNL, he actually revealed it um, at a show that he was doing. 
He was performing at a stand-up gig in Connecticut over the weekend, and he actually made the announcement, we're having a baby. It's exciting. Now, if you didn't know, she already has a six-year-old daughter from her past marriage, which I had no clue she had any kids already. Like, it's just really interesting. I just don't imagine her being a mom. I mean, until she is. But Black Widow being a mom, everything. That's hot. I would have loved... To actually, it would be amazing, historic, to show a superhero pregnant. No, she's dead. Her character's dead. Well, I don't follow the whole thing. And thanks for ruining it. No. If you didn't watch by now, then you're late to the game. I don't care. But in general, wouldn't that be cool? No, because actually it's endangering the baby in your stomach, unless they were like a self-healing superhero. I'm just saying the idea I don't of, want to see a pregnant superhero because that's going to... I'm not What? Are you against ba- pregnant I'm, superheroes? I'm worried about... Yes, I am actually. I'm worried about the baby. Why? Because of the danger that superheroes are faced with. Oh, like you're talking about... Okay, I thought you were talking about the actress and how when they play a superhero... Oh, you mean the no. actual... The actual... The- okay, good. Oh, my God. It's like very meta, this whole conversation. Now, she's had a lot going on, actually, um, because she's been pregnant, but she's also been currently suing Disney over her contract that was breached when Black Widow was released on Disney+. Plus. So she got a lot going on. Um, all I know is I can't wait for her to bring a baby of color into this world. If you you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. It's a joke about Scarlett. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't know this. I, I, I am it's, not caught up with this joke. It's fine. There's a lot of jokes that just go over here. Now, before we go on to the next segment, we actually have something that broke on Twitter, and I want to get your take on it, Ryan. No. People, <laughs> this, you have no choice. You're here. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Okay, So bye. people are reacting after singer Carrie Underwood appeared to have liked a tweet by political commentator that was my next Matt Walsh report. that featured his speech... <laughs> To a Nashville school school board opposing a mask mandate for kids. We have that a few was more actually minutes. my next. I know we have a few more well, minutes. We were going to, okay. you know, we we work things behind the scenes. Uh, this is, um, I'm excited. Well, I'm not excited that she's doing that. She's a, you know, she's lives in Nashville. Of course, she that's what how she thinks. She's a country girl at the end of the day, regardless if she sings country music, and that just shows kind of politically where she stands, unfortunately. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, people are saying, what, is she an anti-vaxxer? She's an anti-maxer? Masker? Yeah, we don't really know. It's just, it's interesting because I I saw that happen on Twitter as well. And people are actually calling her out on it because it's, you know, Carrie Underwood, she's kind of the the golden girl of some sorts where she hasn't really caused any issues. She's not really problematic um, that we know of. But now it seems like she's like this tweet by Matt Walsh, who is a known conservative person um, who says awful things half the time. And uh, yeah, and then apparently her husband follows a lot of um, Republican, um, really intense extremist on his Instagram. And so the pieces are piece, you know, the pieces of the puzzles are, are coming together and it's uh, unfortunate. Well, the question is, would this ruin her career now? Because she has put herself out there like this, or it's being revealed. Well, but is it that surprising that she's a conservative? Only time will tell. That's that is the title of our podcast. (laughs) Only time will tell. Only time. By the way, we do have a podcast on the Odyssey app. Let's go there, check it out. But next up, how the pandemic led this writer to a hot trans boy summer. That is next. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best.
latest baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The pandemic changed all of us, and for some, it was the perfect time to really process who they are. And joining us now is Charlie Nelson Jacob, who is a Los Angeles-based actor and writer with a TV show in development. He wrote about his own transition in Salon.com, re-emerging from the pandemic lockdown as a boy. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I mean, what a vulnerable and beautiful way to come out, (laughs) including writing about the entire experience. Why was that... Something you wanted to do? Oh, um, well, I guess I really didn't know how else to process it. Um, it seems like it seems like a really different experience from like other coming out stories that weren't uh, so like private. It just seems like a strange experience that I wanted to share. And I actually think a lot of people, a lot of like trans people, were sort of reckoning with their gender identity in different ways during the pandemic, just because, you know, we all spent a lot of time alone uh, and we had to, you know, really look at ourselves. Do you think your the situation would have been different in the in the way of like, I guess, would you have written about it if we never experienced it in, in a pandemic? How, how was that? How was the pandemic such a huge player into like kind of your thought process of trying to figure everything out and, and really, you know, coming to the where you are now as a as a human as a person yeah 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 so i mean i think i probably would have written about it anyways because i like writing and i like being trans um so i think i would have done it anyways but i do think that i i feel really lucky to have had like the safe containment the loving environment that i had at my house with my best friend um i think that it made me feel like I was able to be like truly childlike when I was going through, you know, my own little puberty, my real puberty. Um, and so I think I wanted to share like that joy that I experienced with other people. Um, but it also, I mean, it's sort of ironic because it, it was obviously a really devastating time um, in so many other ways, um, but it also gave me a gift. Definitely. And you talk about the interesting experiences you've had, including as a Lyft driver and experiencing life uh, previously, you know, when when you uh, were a a woman and then now, obviously, as a man, how women treat you differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's really wild um, because, like, I'm like, I'm scared of men, too, (laughs) Um, you know, and. I think especially, you know, when I'm driving for Lyft, I'm wearing a mask and my voice is lower now. I mean, I I definitely don't look like, I don't know, like a big scary man, but (laughs) I do think that there's just this difference, you know? I I think like women are afraid of being harassed in a lot of Mm -hmm. situations, especially if it's just you and a, a strange man. 
No, very true. And I think we're having a very good conversation. But I want to get to the juice part of this now. Because oh, okay. I'm ready for what What does your hot trans boy summer look like? You know, <laughs> you know, I'm ready for that. Let's get down to the nitty gritty of it all. Are you are oh, you excited okay. you of going truth. of going to the yes, bar? That's why you're are here. You, the truth. Are you excited of, you know, like what's dating look like? How how do you feel at this point? Is this kind of like a reemergence? Yes. Oh, I feel I feel amazing. Um, I went to the beach yesterday. I was running around with my dog shirtless. I felt yes. more confident than I ever have before. I mean, I'm just like, you know, every every day like that goes by, I feel like I'm more and more myself. And mm. that is <laughs> I just love it. Um, I'm excited to be seen more. I'm excited to like go out and obviously, you know, stay safe. But it's really cool to be in social situations now and to just feel so much more comfortable. Um, and, and like, I can really like let people in, you know, and, and really like show up and be present in a way that I couldn't before. It is, it's so fun. Um, I'm trying to think of like, do I have any crazy plans? Honestly, I mean, I'm probably going to go to the wild. beach a lot. That sounds yeah. pretty wild. <laughs> pretty wild. <laughs> Running around uh, shirtless sounds like the, the dream and to I got to tell you, yeah, if you're all wondering, you know, I have no problem with saying our guests are hot or not. And Charlie is most definitely hot. <laughs> oh, that! <laughs> thank you so much. Um, that's really nice of you. I have to say you you two are both hot as well. And I oh, hello. And, and I mean it. Yeah. You could have left her yeah. out of this. You could have left her hard. out of this moment that we were creating, <laughs> but it's okay, you know? <laughs> So equal opportunists here. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what tips do you have for others who are transitioning right now and that are in in the midst of their own process? Hmm, that is a good question. Um, I well, first of all, I can only obviously speak from my mm. experience, but I think that like trying to find community, trying to find other trans people who are either going through the same thing or have gone through it, you know, a long time ago is incredibly helpful. Um, I feel like I can be like truly safe and comfortable and like feel loved in a different way with trans people than I can with anyone else. There's just this like mutual understanding. Um, so that's one thing I would say. And I also think that documenting it is, um, a really nice way of processing it, like in, in whatever way you can. I think it helps other people and it, and it helps you. Um, and like, I feel like enjoying the little victories, like the, the little changes or the little things that make you excited. Like, you know, I see like little facial hairs in new places and I'm like, Ooh, Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Love that. Well, thank you for being here and for sharing your story, both in writing and on air with us. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys have a great day. No, you well. too. Check out his piece in Salon.com, My Hot Trans Boy Summer on Reemerging from Pandemic Lockdown as a Boy. That was Charlie Nelson Jacob, an L.A.-based actor and writer. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Next up, roaching is the new dating trend. But is it really as gross as it sounds? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've got a new trend alert. I feel like we need a sound effect for that. It's called roaching, and it's a new dating trend. Here to share more is Susan Trombetti, a matchmaker and CEO of Exclusive Matchmaking. Ryan, you need to get on board Exclusive Matchmaking. Um, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. maybe what exclusive maybe was attractive can, to him? Maybe she'll, no, who says it was attractive to me? <laughs> You know what? You needed to have VIP. Let's bring our guest in, please. Susan, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. 
Oh, thanks for having me. Okay. What is roaching? Because it sounds gross, like roaches. Well, it's a dating term, and it is gross, right? It's like when you're um, you're dating someone, and they're dating around, and you find out about one sex partner, but you realize there's many, many more. <laughs> Like when you turn the lights on and you see one bug, but then you see plenty more of the, you know, little critters running around. So that's kind of what roaching is. And it's it's really always been going on, but it's kind of a new dating term out there now. So is it a bad thing or like, because I'm, my thing is if you're dating someone and y'all aren't exclusively like each other's partners, then I would expect that other person to be dating unless there's a conversation. So is that a yeah. bad thing? So, I, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, I don't think, except that, you know, for your sexual history and obviously with the coronavirus going around, I think yeah. you, you want to know, right? But um, there, it's just, it's this gray area. I think everybody is roached at some time, you know, when you start, you enter into a relationship, you know, because it's too new to have that, uh, you know, talk about are you exclusive? So, I mean, that's kind of always been going on, but it's a bad thing if you're looking for more. I mean, it's kind of like um, friends with benefits, you know, on steroids, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're okay with friends with benefits, you might be okay with this. Definitely. So, what do you do if you think you're being roached? So if you think it's going on, I mean, obviously you have to have the talk. And if you're wanting more, then you need to, like, keep on going down the road and kick that relationship to the curb because you're not going to – if you're looking for exclusivity, you're not going to get it. It doesn't mean that the person can't fall for you, but by three months in, you know, if it's not happening, it's not a good thing and you need to walk if you're looking for more. Yeah, I mean, that – I guess that does make sense. Having just as clear as conversation as possible. Um, but do you think you're starting to see relationships that are trying to expand into not kind of this like binary of what traditional dating used to be? Like we're actually seeing more. Oh, it's okay that you're out here roaching. I'm fine with that as long as the communication's okay. <laughs> I don't think most people are fine with it. But the, the trick here is, you know, you're probably being roached if they're keeping that define the relationship talk or that exclusivity talk, you know, they're kind of keeping you at arm's length. Then you know you're being roached. So sometimes you won't even be able to get to that level of communication. You just kind of feel it. And, you know, or they might tell you flat out that they want to keep it casual. So, I mean, if that's what you want, great. But there's so many different types of relationships. So you really can't, you know, discount it. Some people might be okay. But I think the thing of it is, is if you are past that month of dating and you want more, then you got a problem. You know, I, I only ask that because I feel like monogamy is like becoming a thing of the past in some ways. I feel like it's uh, the opposite. I feel like a lot of the younger generation, while we're not about as much the binary, we're more what? fluid. I feel like more people are open uh, to other people. To, I think there's. I feel like there's a, still a trend to monogamy. I don't think necessarily. Actually, I here's the thing, and I would love to know from the matchmaker. Yeah, you what know? are you seeing out there? What, what are, are people looking for? Yes, Well, so, yes. you know, I see a lot of people that are polyamorous, for sure, Boom. okay? And I do see that, and that was pre-pandemic. I saw a lot of that. However, now, um, I think since the pandemic, people are prioritizing that one relationship, you know, to make sure that they have it, you know, because of what's gone on. 
it, we've gone through life and death situations, and now they're prioritizing it. And that's it. They want the relationship. They want that person that is going to stick with them through thick and thin. And so, you know, dating apps, um, people on dating apps, that was up um, quite a bit. It doesn't mean they're actually um, forming relationships, but they want to. And when it comes to matchmaking, oh, my God, when the country opened up um, in 2020, all of us saw an increase. They just kind of ran at us. And now everybody seems to want a relationship. And, you know, the love business is really doing good. (laughs) So wait, 30 seconds. Tell us more about exclusive matchmaking. What makes it so exclusive? Well, I'm very upscale, very confidential and discreet. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, so like what sugar I like daddy? To... <laughs> no, it's definitely not sugardaddies.com. Oh. But um, anyway, you know, the thing about me is I have a background in investigation. So, you know, it, just for the simple whatever, you can avoid catfishing and all these scams that you run into online. However, at exclusivematchmaking.net, I think the way my background investigation comes into play is I like to say, a lot of singles are hung up on somebody else, whether it's real or in their head. And just in an interview, I can get to that and find out if they're just hung up on somebody else and not waste your time. You know, so aside from the quality of matches that I do provide. So, I mean, matchmaking is a, is a great way to go if you can afford it. Okay. Well, that was Susan Trombetti, <laughs> a matchmaker and CEO of Exclusive Matchmaking. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Another huge congrats to Pete and Chastin Buttigieg, who are going to be dads. I want to know if they got a black child. I do. I, really I guess do. we'll find out soon. Like, where did they adopt the child from? We I don't know the it. details. I feel like they're going to be like, they're going to raise their kids to be like these all American kids. One's going to be, you know, it's going to be very. You know, very stereotypical of what a family looks like. Okay. Like, you know, if they have a son who falls into that binary category. Because I wonder if they're going to teach their kids how to be like, you know, like, is Pete Buttigieg going to have a non-binary child one day? I, I, we don't know, but I'm assuming if the child wants to be whatever they want to be, then yeah, but they, Pete they're Buttigieg very accepting. is more of like a moderate, like, he's not like a progressive. <laughs> well, let's go back to the, to the post the baby go back to the what? <laughs> I was going to say to the congratulatory <laughs> announcement, but to the post. I mean, that's fitting for um, him. All right. This is what he said. For some time, Chastin and I wanted to grow our family. Oh. We're overjoyed to share that we become parents. The process isn't done yet, and we're thankful for the love, support, and respect for our privacy that has been offered to us. We can't wait to share more soon. So I guess you're going to get all your answers, Ryan, very soon. I'm excited. I can't, whoever, if they go in the uh, surrogacy way, if they go in the adoption way, I think it's beautiful. And I'm very, very excited to see what little baby or person they're bringing into their family. And it's so nice because also them doing this under the spotlight where they're at, the position they're at is huge for America to see this. And those who unfortunately aren't used to seeing a family like this. Yeah. Representation at a new level. Yeah. Well, that does it for our Yes Queen of the Day. Mic drop. Yes, Queen. And our show today. But we are back tomorrow, weekdays here on Channel Q2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, live on tomorrow's show. Among many things, we're going to be getting into how much money a single person needs to earn to get by in every U.S. state. I mean, inquiring minds want to know. Because everyone's poor. That's why the minds want to know. That is on tomorrow's show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There and subscribe. 
We are sending you love and light. Yeah, y'all. Don't forget, always remember to slay. Stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's covering affairs. Why and how to prevent oh, Shira. affairs. This oh, a good one. <laughs> Thought like current affairs. Kind of no, mean, those affairs. You know, those affairs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.